Hello and welcome to Where the Rubber Meets the Road podcast by Safe Ride for Kids. You know, driving is the most dangerous thing that we do every day, but we recognize that your family has places to be and things to do. At Safe Ride for Kids, we help you arrive safely by equipping you with innovative products and unbiased information from our team of certified safety experts. I'm Greg DeRocher. Today, I'm co-founder and CEO at Safe Ride for Kids, but my first career was as a firefighter paramedic, where, unfortunately, I got to see firsthand the devastation that car crashes can cause. And that's where I got started doing injury prevention education back in 2000 as a certified child passenger safety technician. And I got started in that because it, I realized that a child's safety in the car is largely dependent on the choices made by the parents, the caregivers. Uh, I've been an instructor of the car seat curriculum since 2001. I am Amy DeRocher, co-founder and creative director at Safe Ride for Kids. I became a child passenger safety technician back in 2004. I write most of the content for our website, and I'm a mother of three. Today, we'll be talking about winter coats and car seats. Oh, the winter coat. Uh, when, Ooh, we, winter <laughs> when we got up this morning here in Colorado, it was nine degrees. Uh, definitely a good topic for today. It is chilly in here. I might put my coat on. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so we actually get quite a few comments on our blog about winter coats, and I have a, a fun one that I want to share with you. Um, this parent says, how stupid. Show us the data that kids actually get injured because of wearing winter coats in their car seats and I'll start paying attention to the crap that's spewed all over the internet. Have fun taking care of your sick kids. Mine will be nice and warm on his ride to school. So, I wanted to share some data. Um, hmm, many puffy coats and snowsuits can leave four inches of slack in the straps. And Miriam Mannery at the University of Michigan Transportation Research Institute says that four inches of slack significantly increases the risk of injury. The risk of head injury is particularly high as the child could come so far as to hit the back of the front seat at a low enough point where the seat may not be padded. So there you go. There's some data. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, when we're talking about winter coats in the car seat, what we're actually talking about is not a sweatshirt or a, um, you know, a thin coat. <clears throat> what we're talking about is a big, thick, puffy coat that is actually going to prevent the harness straps. What's that movie where the kid was all in his snowsuit and he couldn't move? <laughs> Think of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually going to prevent the harness strap from properly securing the child in the car seat. So that's the, you know, the, the, the picture that we want to paint in your head is the, the, where there's a huge gap between the harness and the child's bony, bony structure. Because, you know, what we've talked about before, um, the principles of restraining occupants in car, in, in, the, in the car, uh, is three different things. First and foremost, the number one job of all restraints is to keep the occupants inside the passenger compartment. The second principle is to contact the strongest bony parts of the body. 
And then the third principle is to spread the crash forces out over as much of the body's surface area as possible. Um, you know, we could all be restrained by steel cables, which would do a really good job of keeping us in the car, but it would cause injury because it would be focusing all of that crash energy on a very thin uh, surface area. It wouldn't be spread out, and that would cause injury. So what we're trying to do with kids in car seats is contact the strongest parts of the body and spread the crash forces out. When a child is wearing a thick, heavy coat, we're displacing the harness from their body and introducing slack into the system. So what are the downsides of slack? Um, and let's talk about rear facing first and then we'll move to forward facing because it kind of actually, um, the slack in the harness can have uh, different outcomes in the, the, the typical crash, which is a typical forward crash. Um, how would that show up in a rear facing crash or rear facing car seat? The idea is that, um, Think about a rear-facing child in a forward impact. Their body um, is going to tend to want to move, continue to move forward in the car, right? Um, so the harness is actually going to be holding their shoulders because the other thing that's going to happen in a forward-facing crash with a rear-facing car seat is the car seat is actually going to rotate down towards, um, so their head is, it's hard to describe without pictures, <laughs> their head is going to go from a more upright position to a more reclined or lying down position as the crash forces uh, compress the cushion of the vehicle seat. So the seat back is going to rotate down towards a more horizontal position. What that child's body is going to want to do is to slide up in the car seat, along the back of the car seat. The harness of the car seat is going to be holding the child down and in the protection of the car seat by their shoulders. That is actually why the best practice harness adjustment for a rear-facing car seat is for the harness to be at or below the child's shoulders. So it's kind of wrapping the child's shoulders. Correct. That harness is going to be going at least even with and or maybe even below their shoulders where it goes through the car seat. So what that's going to do is provide a kind of a, a cradling of the shoulder during a crash. Now, Imagine that that harness is being, uh, is very loose or is the looseness is caused by a very puffy, fluffy, um, coat or other aftermarket product that creates, um, slack in the seatbelt system or in the harness system, the potential, um, and we all know how flexible, little children are, especially, um, you know, newborns or, or uh, younger babies, uh, their bones are not calcified, they're bendy. I mean, after all, they were just birthed. 
<laughs> and um, that requires a lot of flexibility. And um, we're trying to restrain them from severe crash forces or during, you know, from protect them from severe crash forces. So we want that harness to be cradling their shoulder. If the harness is loose, it has the potential of the two shoulder pieces of the harness from separating and allowing the child to slip out from between the, the two shoulder harnesses. And in a severe enough crash, they can be completely ejected from the rear-facing car seat um, when the harness straps become loose. And that is why it's really important uh, to remove the excess uh, looseness of the harness and prevent that by not putting big puffy snowsuits or warm winter coats on kids in the car seat from a pure crash dynamics perspective. Now let's say that kid's older. They're older than two years old and they're forward facing now. And now they're still in a five point harness, but they're wearing the big puffy coat, which is causing the harness to be loose, but they're forward facing now. And now imagine that the harness separates at their shoulder and now they're flying forward in the harness. And as that uh, doctor uh, described, their head is allowed to go forward excessively. And what we're talking about is basically the child folding in half. Um, similar to being in a lap only seatbelt. Because if you picture the shoulder belt or the harness coming off the shoulders, there's now nothing restraining their upper body. So their body is going to fold in half with the harness pretty much only restraining them at the hips. Now, what about the chest clip? So the chest clip, when the harness is loose, the chest clip is actually going to be pushed uh, pretty much all the way down to their belly button um, as they fly forward and, and, you know, have that arcing motion, uh, forward and down, that's actually going to push the chest clip down. And you may even find, um, after a car crash, a properly positioned chest clip will be lower because that's actually its job. It's going to help, um, keep the, sh it, the whole job of the chest clip is to keep the shoulder belts on the shoulder. And it can only effectively do that if the harness is snug. And during a regular crash with a properly fitted harness, um, it is actually normal for that chest clip to be moved down during the crash. Don't some of them also break? Um, I don't know about that specifically, but it, I would imagine it's, not uncommon. Um, in Europe, they don't even use chest clips um, because of their safety regulations. Uh, what they do have is a wider strap to make sure that this, the harness is going to stay in place on the child's shoulders. But So that's the whole point of minimizing the amount of padding 
between the child's body and the harness. Now, a lot of parents are going to be thinking, well, I did the pinch test on the on, over the coat, and it was tight enough. So when you say pinch test, um, let's remind our folks what you're talking about there. So the pinch test is when you're testing the tightness of the harness straps, and that's um, when you're trying to pinch the strap um, near the shoulder to see if you can pinch it into your fingers. And if you can, then it's too loose. Um, if you can't quite get it into your fingers, then it's tight enough. So what could happen is when you have the big snowsuit or big heavy winter coat on the child and you snug the harness up, you can get a false sense of security where, uh, like Amy's describing, that, well, the child passed the pinch test or the harness passed the pinch test. What the problem is, though, is that during a crash, the padding of the coat itself will compress. At that point, the harness becomes excessively loose. So even though you may, quote, quote, pass the pinch test, um, what we're looking at is we still want that harness to be as close to the child's body as possible. And we have a fun little test that you can try at home. Um, there's a link to a video that you can watch on our website on our Winter and cars, winter Coats and Car Seats blog post. Um, but just to describe it to you here briefly, it's put your child in the car seat with the winter coat on. Strap them in like you normally would. And then take the child without adjusting the harness straps. Take the child back out. Take the coat off. Put the child back in and see how loose the, har the harness straps are and w whether or not they still pass the pinch test. And that's a good way to really get that, that uh, real-world understanding of how much slack is going to be introduced uh, during a crash because that padding in the coat will compress during a crash. Um, what about... Um, you know, so we've talked about rear-facing with the harness, forward-facing with the harness. So obviously the next step is uh, seatbelt positioning stage. Talk to us about uh, coats and the seatbelt um, with seatbelt positioning, uh, i.e. booster seat. It's actually recommended not to have your coat on for booster seat also. Um, it works a little bit differently, but uh, experts suggest that even adults should not wear their winter coats. Um, now, the Ride Safer as a belt positioning device has been tested with a um, winter coat in, as they say, as fluffy as they could find the coat. Um, and it crash tested well with wearing winter coat. Um, we still suggest not using a winter coat just because it gets uncomfortable for the child be kind of stuffed into the winter coat and into a vest and then especially as the car warms up then you can't get that coat off you know and amy just brought up something that's a, a very good point um you know if you're doing the the five minute drive to school it's probably not an issue on a, a school morning to get overheated but think about you know when you first get in the car it's very cold um and being warm with coats and stuff is is more important but as you drive um, you're going to continue the car is going to get warm and and potentially even hot 
and a child that's um, wearing all of the extra sweaters and coats and stuff inside the car seat has the potential to actually become overheated and get over hot inside the um, inside their their coat and stuff. So even just from a, a comfort temperature perspective, uh, you want to be able to remove uh, those extra layers that are keeping them warm. So how might that best be accomplished? Well, you bring the child out to the car with their coat on, obviously, because no one wants to walk around without one in the winter. Um, so you get the kid in the car, take their car, uh, their coat off, get them harnessed into their car seat, and then put the coat back on over them. You can put it, your, their arms through the coat backwards and just have it over them. And then that way, as they warm up, they can take the coat off or you can easily tug it at a stoplight or something. Cool. Or you can, you know, come out with blankets and over the child. Yep. And that's, you know, that's a, another good option because basically it, when you're thinking about keeping your child warm, um, you want to get the harness straps as close to their body as you can. So, you know, probably nothing more than say a sweatshirt uh, inside of the harness. But then you can put blankets or whatever you want on top of the harness once the child is properly secured in the harness. And that'll help keep them warm. And then you can, like Amy just suggested, you know, pull those blankets off as the car warms up. Um, there is another unique product that a very creative uh, mother invented that is designed to allow the car seat harness to be properly adjusted while wearing the coat. Yes, it's a it's called the Buckle Me Coat, um, and uh, Buckle Me Baby Coat, and it she the developer has said it's been crash tested in car seats, and basically it has a thin back, um, so you're not adding a lot of bulk between the child and the harness strap, and then the coat kind of buckles up over on top of the harness straps. So the harness straps are directly on the child and then the coat kind of comes around over on top of them while they're in the car seat. So that's an important thing to think about is it's not just the thickness of the coat between the harness on the front of the child and the, the child's body. It's actually also the thickness of what's behind them between the child and the car seat. So like Amy just said, this coat is is designed to have a thin back, so we're not adding extra padding behind the child. And the front parts are designed to go around the harness uh, so that the coat isn't under the harness. If you want to see that coat in action, um, there's a link to their website from our car seat gift guide. Awesome. Um, so... What would you say is our safety tip of the day? Our safety tip of the day is, well, remember that you can take your coat off when the car gets warm, but your child in the car seat can't. So take that coat off first and get the harness straps buckled up nice and tight and then uh, put the coat on over it. Yeah, and that's what some people do is they actually will use the coat as a blanket on top of the harness straps once the child is all buckled up snug in the car seat. For the parenting tip of the day, again, we're talking about 
um, us as parents being in, in control of our emotions, our feelings. Um, you know, I made a commitment uh, when I was a new dad, and I'm still working on it 14 years later, um, to really get curious uh, about when, when I find myself in a power struggle, if you will, <laughs> a uh, butting of the heads. Um, Which is my- quite common with our kids. <laughs> Especially our 14-year-old, very opinionated and always asking why. Very strong-willed children, which is their, they showed up that way. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Um, But the idea is when I find myself insisting on something, whether it's that they do something or or not do something, um, when I find myself getting more and more insistent, I really strive to check myself, check, go inside and say, why, what is it that is causing me to insist that things be done a certain way or this certain way? Um, Because sometimes it's just a power struggle. It's just about me saying, I want them to do it this way because I said so. And the question I ask myself is, is there a legitimate reason for me to insist on it being a certain way? Now, obviously, taking kids in car seat safety in as the topic, yes, there are legitimate reasons for me to insist that my kids do this, um, that they ride in the car a certain way, that they, that the car seat is tight, that the, you know, that the harness is snug. That was not negotiable, but there were other things like, what are they going to wear today or not wear today or whatever, wear their coat or not wear their coat out in the cold. Um, that it was more about me just believing that it should be a certain way. And when I ask, is there a legitimate reason? If I can't find one, I I really try to let it go because. Well, it's a matter of picking your battles. You know, how much do you want to fight with your children and which battles are really important and which ones aren't really just an opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and then, you know, in in some situations too, it's also allowing them to feel their consequences. So like for instance, that wearing your coat. So we walked to school and sometimes our kids didn't want to wear their coats. Now, occasionally I would carry them anyway and maybe not even let them know that I was carrying their coat underneath my arm um, because I knew that they were going to get cold. But I wanted to allow them to feel that and come up with their own instead of me saying no you have to wear your winter coat and getting into an argument about it just being like here it is so thanks for joining us for this week the today's where the rubber meets the road podcast Uh, we look forward to having you join us next time all right drive safe